Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe, where we talk about new ideas, new words, new approaches to step out of our comfort zones, to break free from our assumptions and create bridges to new opportunities. Hi, I'm your host, Torin, a multi-potentialite and political agnostic with a passion to bring all sides together through dynamic and thoughtful conversations. On this podcast, I'll bring on notable and diverse guests from all walks of life to give us tools to help us be better leaders and colleagues, create stronger business culture, boost our productivity and profits, create impact on our society with our message, and more importantly, help us to be a better mensch. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe podcast. We are really excited to have Mark Grove from the Grow Chiropractic. And he is not a cannabis, but his wife is a cannabis, and they've been here for four years. And you've been a chiropractor for nine years. So the reason I'm having you on is that I was on a trail and I'm seeing all these people looking for femurs and spine. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, haven't you heard? It's find the spine. And so now I'm here with you to tell us a little bit about this and how you've galvanized people through COVID. And I didn't even realize that when we we're talking today, you've done this for four, four years? This uh, was the third year. Third year. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Okay. I am a uh, born and bred San Diegan and uh, just raised surfing and nothing about cannab, really. And I always wanted to live and die in San Diego. And uh, I ended up going to school in Utah where I met my wife who's from Canada, but I made the point very clear, very early that we were going to live and die in San Diego. She said, fine, whatever. So I went to uh, grad school um, to be a chiropractor up in San Jose and did four years. And then immediately went back down to my hometown in San Diego and started a business. And we um, had a great office. It was uh, sports injuries, pediatrics, prenatal. There's a lot of extra studying to be able to specialize in those kind of things. We have oh, a lot wow. of professional athletes. Uh-huh. I got to have a lot of great relationships with people and um, just realized pretty quickly that there was not a lot of family time. So we're always doing a lot of stuff after hours. And so just wanted to be with my family a lot more. So was there more an after hours requirement? No, just working with athletes and stuff. It's just, you kind of get the beck and call sometimes. And okay. so you would have your normal job hours, but then you get called away. I did a lot of work with the high schools. So I go to high schools, uh, football games, be on the sidelines wrestling as well as football so you're always doing after hours stuff mm. san diego has the highest number per capita of chiropractors there are oh really so being poor and trying to pay the bills with a new family there's no budget for marketing so just walking around uh shaking hands kissing babies that kind of stuff you just trying to <laughs> donate as much time as you could to get out in the community right so we did a ton with the community and uh, i'd always be out doing events somewhere and so I just didn't have a lot of family time. But luckily, it, my business grew really fast. And so we we're really fortunate that it's hard to, to stop that train once you, you hop on. So and then you wanted to get off the train. And then yes. your wife just reminded you there is a place called Canab. Kind of the opposite. <laughs> oh, it was the opposite. We came to Canab to see her family for Christmas. Right. And there was the basketball tournament, the Cowboy Classic. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife I wanted to look at some properties out here. And then I came back two hours later and said, we're moving to Canab. You said you're going to move to Canab. The lifer of San Diego. How did you do that? Yes. uh, Not very easily. My wife really uh, was quite fond of the uh, opportunities in San Diego, the shopping, the restaurants, the variety. And uh, I just said, hey, if you want me around more, we're out of here. 
So, <laughs> so family awesome. time in Canal. Yep. So we, uh, so I found a great guy in San Diego to run my office that I went to school with. So we got an agreement going, and he took that over for me, and it's going great. And I've been out here and could not be happier. Could not be happier. Never trade it for many years. I never love Canal. Oh, I love Canal. Canal comes into your blood. Yeah, it's in. It is. I've been here for like six months, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been here for six months. And the reason why I can't was because of COVID. So it's kind of like uh, really funny. So you come here, and then you come up with this really interesting idea. And And it's interesting because it really galvanized people during COVID. People forgot about the masks, forgot about the disease and forgot about it. And we're just out there enjoying themselves, yeah. finding the spine. And so I think you need to tell us what is finding the spine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, a good question. So um, after I've been here for a few months, uh, I had a gal that worked here with me and she's from Cam. As uh, we were just kind of spitballing ideas, I just told her I really want to do something to get people outdoors and Canada was kind of easy to get a, to get a name because it's a small town. So people knew I was here, but I still wanted to make a bigger impact. So we were trying to figure out what could we do to get people outside, get them walking around, and also some marketing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned that there's a, a gym in St. In George called um, Summit Rock. And they right. do a thing called the Rock Race, I think. It's the same idea. It's a scavenger hunt with money. It's only one day. And I was like, okay. So I, I looked that up and I thought we could spin off of this. And so I wanted to obviously have a chiropractic tone to it. I wanted to involve the community a lot more with it and get other community businesses involved. Um, so we developed uh, Find the Spine because it sounded like it like it flowed pretty good. That's and, great. Uh, Find the Spine. We just wanted to have it uh, so where people got out. And so my wife has this crazy mind for riddles <laughs> and she just would get these ideas. And I'd go out months before and start trying to find places for it. And I wear the exact same backpack. Whenever I go out, I take my four kids. So to make sure that it's a kid-friendly area where we'll go, because I always want okay. families to go out. So I always tell people, it's where a three-year-old can find it. And I record my three-year-old, and he's not walking around. And I say, so just to prove, like, hey, this if my kid can get to it, you can get to it. Because you always want families to get there, you know? So it's a scavenger hunt of finding the spine. Yes. And so then you have all these clues. Every day, you clue. Every day you have a clue. And how long does it last? Is it three weeks? As long as it goes. As the long as it goes. The first one we did was five days. Five days. The second one, I think, was 12 days. Uh-huh. And this last one was eight or nine days. Right. So it just goes until... Until people find it. Yeah. We'll give you a new clue every day until they find it. So did you always do, because the way I saw it, I suddenly saw this Find the Spine on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Is that where you had it? Or is it yeah. scavenger? Always. Facebook, Instagram, and I have some high school interns. I teach uh, sports medicine at the high school. Okay. And so I have some interns that will manage my Snapchat because I don't understand it. <laughs> so those are our three platforms. So three platforms. And how was it to do this the first time? How did you get people excited about it? I was it? terrified about it. We were, you were terrified. I can we, imagine. It was a lot of overhead. We just uh, put flyers up in the in the round town and uh, find this my Facebook page and then my Grow Chiropractic page um, and just just really try to get as much attention to it as possible. It just kind of snowballed really fast because people wanted a reason to get outside. And there was a cash price. Yeah, twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty five hundred bucks. That was the first year. Yep, no catches and uh, just, no catches. What do you mean? It was just you get twenty five hundred dollars cash in hand. Cash in hand if you find this yeah. spine. It's simple. And as it's kind of big. It is a full model spine. Like it's full a model full spine. person normal spine. Yeah, fake, obviously. Fake, yeah. yeah. 
So, so you give all these scavengers and clues. Like I, I'm not a good clue person. So when I looked at those clues, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so you give them the clues and uh, people just get excited. Yes. People lose their minds. People will uh, call me at all hours of the day and night. I get <laughs> followed. My probably two weeks prior to it starting, my truck is followed everywhere I go. And oh, uh, people think they, they can get a leg up. I change out my boots because people try to track me. They try to track you with your boots? Yeah. Oh, they'll look for footprints. So people uh, watch the house and they watch me and they'll <laughs> see where I go. And so for uh, months before, my wife and I start planning this in October, the year before. And usually it starts in March. So from October to March, we're going. You're putting them So around. we're about two months away from starting to try to figure out next year. Figure out next year. Yeah. And you keep expanding it because you have the spine, but then you have femurs. Yes. So you have like, at least this time around, you have a few, like $100 prizes. 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Yeah. We just wanted more community involvement and we wanted people to not get so discouraged with the clue because the clues are mind-blowingly difficult. They are hugely difficult. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't want people to get discouraged if we gave them the clue and they thought, well, this doesn't make sense. We don't want to just sit around all day. Right. So we decided let's incorporate uh, femurs from the sponsors. And so now I love those because then the sponsors get a chance to see how tough it is to make good clues and to have people bombard you with text messages all day trying to get extra tidbits of information. And they, they all really like it. It's I feel like a celebrity here. Shallow, yes. And only for two weeks out of the year in my story. <laughs> <laughs> After that, no one cares. But I'm around. Yeah, but you're kind of the top of mind. For two weeks, I think that's... Yeah. But it's really galvanized. The yeah, it's awesome. It's a blast. So what have you learned from doing this? Because it's just... Uh, number one, I love... Who came up with the word, find the spine? I actually think that was me that okay. came up with it. But I have to definitely give that gal, Haley, some credit and my wife. Like, but I, don't, I don't know who's handling that spine. But it's a really fun idea. And if you just think of other businesses, because this podcast yeah. is about uh, business leaders trying to find ideas and how to reach outside of their little navel-gazing life. Mm-hmm. What has this taught you? I have had some businesses reach out to me and re- like replicate it mm-hmm. in all different parts of Utah. And it can fit any mold, right? It can fit anything, really. Yeah. It can be any kind of business. Yeah. But you're kind of educating people, too, with finding this spine. Yeah. You know, I was a part of this networking group in San Diego called uh, BNI, Business Networking International, I think is what it is. And they had this catchphrase that said, giver's gain. Giver's always, gain. And I've always liked that. And I've always thought, yeah, that's really true. Like, I donate a lot of time. Uh, all the high school sports physicals, uh, we all, I've never taken a dime off of them. We just donated back to the school or back to that sports team. And I think that the more you give, the more you gain. And so I, I think people like that, especially in a small town where, I mean, I've never seen a place where a neighbor cares so much about their neighbor. People really look out for their own around here. And I really, really like that. So I think the more you try to help people, they're going to make it a point to help you. And it really just kind of seems like it's contagious. And I think giving's contagious. And hard work is a big thing in this town. People want to feel like they put in a good hard day's work, and they, but they also want to help out their neighbor and make sure everyone's taken care of. And it just uh, it, it makes it easy to want to do it when you see the families out there and you see people smiling and having fun and they create stories and it creates this uh, bond, like you're saying, galvanism. And that's just, uh, it's taught me that people, you know, I think people really care a lot more than is assumed. People want to help people. 
You see them out on the trails giving water bottles or helping carry kids and helping babysit for parents that want to go out and have a date and they'll go out look this fine for a date or and they watch their kids and I don't know, there's just a lot it creates opportunities for helping people I think really feel good about it. Yeah, did you find anything particularly during this year because you had COVID? I yeah. mean you, you said you had to delay it and then yeah. you came back and how how was your experience this year? This year was amazing. This was probably the first year we've had zero kind of problems. It's always like there's so much energy spent behind the scenes on it. And my wife and I are just running to the ground. And this year went really, really smooth, which I was happy about. And it was actually a massive blessing because the year, the week we were going to start it was the worst weather week we had all winter. It was like snow and sleet and rain. And that was the day I arrived to Canada. Was it? Yes. I mean, it was so fortunate that we didn't end up doing it. But it went fantastic. It was the only downside. It was just hotter. And it's tough to have kids out there because I really want kids out. Um, so it's hotter. You have to rub snakes being out. And it was dry. And we didn't have a lot of rain. And so that made it tougher from that standpoint. I think people were a little shorter out on the trail um, because they were just getting hot. I was definitely getting a lot of messages about like, hey, can we get some better clues faster? Like we're dying out here. So outside of that, I think it went really, really good. But I was chomping at the bit to get this thing going because I just felt like what you'd said, like I just wanted the time to get going. It was just like a real negative down kind of vibe. And it just was like, man, if we could just spark this town somehow. Like, so as soon as we were in that color or whatever, it's okay, let's go. And uh, we jumped right into it and it went really quick and it went really well. And I think people were so excited to think about something else. I never said it, but I really wanted to say, like, no talking about the virus. Like, right. I don't want to hear about it. Let's just go. And let's just have fun and do what you're comfortable with and play safe. And, and it worked out fantastic. But I think that's what happened, at least for me, when I was out in, out there. Yeah. You were seeing people looking and excited. And uh, have you found any clues for finding the spot? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Just trying to keep, keep people's mind off it, give them something to look forward to. There have been a lot of... People's, I think, summer plans ruined and plans canceled. And we'll get a lot of people messaging us probably around December about when we're we doing it the next year so they can plan their vacation time around it. Um, and so I think, you know, it worked out even better. Some people may have lost that vacation, but maybe they, they found this is more fun or a different avenue. And it still brings people close enough where you can still have just as much fun, but you're getting smooth exercise as well. But what's interesting, because when we were talking about earlier, you're saying you lost money on it, but now you've gained. And so if you could just tell a little bit, if someone was going to do a scavenger hunt with their business, what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> you know, I really wouldn't change it any other way. And I definitely still haven't made money on it. I just found the margins to where I broke even. But everything is on the, the shirt sales. Like overhead is the, is is what's going to cripple most businesses. Right. And that is my number one thing. Every contract, and San Diego, I've rented space from people for the first little bit, but I've always been a stickler on overhead. I run a super low overhead operation. I, I can't stand the burden of high overhead. And in mm -hmm. San Diego, if I had my own office, high overhead always made me stress, and I hated it. So the first year we did 100% cotton shirts. So we sold them for 10, and I think I got them for like, $5 a shirt. So you gave out shirts to everyone or was it to the winners? No. So the, the only single rule of find this fine, actually there's kind of a couple because it's gotten bigger. So there's more things involved. But um, at first it was just, you buy a find this fine shirt. If you have the shirt, when you find it, you get the full loot. If you don't have a shirt, you wouldn't have. Oh. 
So there is okay. no sign-up sheets, no registrations. It's you buy a shirt, you're in. And that's, that's a brilliant way of doing it. So we have all the sponsors on the shirts, and my name's on the shirt. And so, so that's how you get the sponsors. I was wondering how you get the sponsors. So you have to have the shirt. You don't have to have the shirt, yeah. but when you have the shirt, that's when you win in full pop. Yeah, you go from winning like 2500 bucks to 5000 bucks. Wow. Yeah. So it, it no wonder why they're following you. Yeah. So it incentivizes people to wear a shirt. And what I did find though is the first year shirts, some people liked they were cheaper, so my wasn't as much. I still was left with like like a hundred shirts, which was like a five hundred dollar loss right off, the, right off the top. But then the next year, I ramped it up to where we have a lot better quality shirts. When you get people better quality shirts for the same price, they wear them for a lot longer, so you get more exposure out of them. And uh, the guy that I make my shirts, he said there's a thing called the Marathon Study. Marathon Study. Okay, what's that? And uh, they took 100% cotton shirts for marathons, and they realized that although they were making more money on them, no one ever wore them. But if they invested and gave people like a tri-blend shirt or a better quality shirt, they got way more uh, benefit out of the out of the product because people wore the shirts repetitively time and time again. And that's so what quality counts. So that's what I found. And so um, these shirts, we kind of get... We don't have a good markup. I buy the shirts for $8 and and open with this information. We sell them for 10. I would hate to have a family not be able to afford shirts. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather have a much smaller margin, but more people wearing them and more people having the experience and people want the shirts really bad and they wear them a lot longer. We see the fun of fine shirts all the time, but they're the same really comfy shirts and people really, really like them. So they wear them a lot more. So the sponsors like it because they're always getting advertised because they're always on the shirt. And people wear them a lot more. The red ones kind of faded faster. Um, they're not as comfortable, not as breathable, so they get as much mileage as these ones. But I have to sell way more shirts. So if it gets found really fast, I am out thousands of dollars. Right. Because there's so much more. So how many of you how many shirts did you have this year? I think we bought eight hundred. Did you shirts. sell them all out? We sold out, I think, in like four days. In four days. And that was the first year we sold out of shirts. Could you have had more shirts? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, but just it was so hard to get them faster with the COVID and stuff. Right. That it was by the time we sold out. I thought about getting more, but again, like the quantity you have to order, mm-hmm. it was a massive risk of taking a massive hit. Right. And so next like, year, how many are you going to have then? Probably go to a thousand next year. Thousand next year. But now we have like kids wanting to wear them, so we're going to get different sizes, more sizes. We're getting um, out uh, people from out of town coming in, and they want usually want like tank tops or kind of different cuts of shirts. Which is where you start getting tricky because then you have to expand buy more and then more different styles, different sizes. So I don't know. I like to just keep things simple. And just here's so your people shirt. out of town are coming in for Find the Spine. Oh, we have people come in all over the place. But we have people on Facebook follow us from different countries. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we had, that was kind of weird. On our like Facebook feed for the clues, the first year we have around 23,000 people sometimes watching. 23,000? Wow. It's kind of like... So, so I don't know. So we still have a lot of traffic. It comes to our Facebook page. Um, if last year someone got lost and the police called us and asked if we would put use our Facebook feed to, to say, like, have you seen this person? So it's kind of cool to have that kind of attention. And sponsors are willing to pay for that because, like I was telling you, I can't stand paying money for, like, my small name on a piece of paper. Right. I think that is awful advertising. Right. So when we start, we get no more than 10 sponsors and we cut off at 10 sponsors. Usually after two days, we'll have 10 sponsors. Oh, so you get them right away. Yeah. We get a lot of phone calls, a lot of people that request to, to want to be a sponsor. I don't like competing sponsors 
it's more attention for that one person if you're just giving that one business and that one niche business the opportunity. So I don't have competing sponsors. And then from day one, they're involved in every aspect of the process. I'm the only person that knows where the spine is. But outside of that, we want... Not even your wife? No. <laughs> she knows enough to make the clues, but she doesn't go with me to hide it. And um, not that I'd be opposed to it, but it just has worked out that way. So where was it this year? Pew's came was the first year. This was on the Cliffs Trail. Okay. So you go down Tom's came and up the Cliffs Trail. Yes. I know which was a tough trail. It is a tough trail. It is a tough trail. Yeah. But I recorded my three-year-old walking up that trail from the start of Tom's. Okay. Just in case there were questions, because there was a couple people like, there's no way. Because right. there's a couple parts you have to climb on your hands. Right. And he made the whole thing. So if so the three-year-old can do it, you can do it. it. I said, we're doing it. Right. So the sponsors have a say in everything from what kind of freebies they want to give away, where they want to hide them, how they want their clues to go, if they want social media, if they want foot traffic, what do they want out of it? Because I just... It, it pains me to see people donate so much money for nothing in return. And as a business, it's a big cost. So how much do they donate? $1,500. $1,500. Okay. What does that pay for? Like Just advertising. So you advertise places? Yeah. They're on the shirts and they're all over our newsfeed and our website, which gets a lot of traffic. We get but you're not doing paid advertising because you have free advertising right. within your network. Right. And that's such a value that people actually want to yeah. pay for it. In this town, so far... Every year, everyone we've reached out to has wanted to redo as a sponsor. So through this small initiative of bringing the ca- uh, the town together, you're really helping the businesses in town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. All of them have known a big benefit from it. The grocery stores, the hardware stores, all of them. Wow. So you have 10 sponsors. They don't compete. They're part of the journey with you. You're oh, the yeah. only one that knows this, where the spine is. Yeah. And the, but they're able to take their femur. Mm-hmm. And then they can create a clue for that. They have eight hours to have their spine found. So they have eight, eight hours. Wow. And we help push all the traffic. We'll help them find it. We'll help them write clues, whatever they want. We want them to be. We want them to have every ounce of attention so they get every bang for their buck possible. But how do you have time to, to do all of this? I mean, it does not I, go well. What do you say? It does not go well. It's a lot of caffeine. It's a lot of caffeine. So yeah. it's you, your wife. Do you help out? I, this year? Yeah, this year. Yes. Yeah. But um, so every night, once the sun starts going down, right. I load up a 7,000 cubic unit backpack and I stuff it full of freebies. And then I get as many volunteers as I can. And we go walk every trail in Kanab and the reservoir, the old reservoir, and we leave freebie bags everywhere. So every night I tap on about 10 miles of mm-hmm. trails and just drop in freebies. And that will lead me to like one or two every morning. And then you do that until it is over. But that's such a big part of it. Because A, the bags have food or drinks or freebies from companies. So they're getting advertising on the trails. So when your kids are out walking, it's important to keep kids motivated, I think. So I always say, if you see enough on the trail, let me know. And I will smash that trail that night and get more freebies out. So they're always getting things. The companies are always getting product out there. And people are picking them up because they're always on trails. So I got to understand this process now because this is very intricate and it's very inspiring. So you have, so in the beginning you get these 10 sponsors and the main thing of the the sponsorship is really the t-shirts, the ads, and probably the design of the t-shirt. Yeah. Do you design the t-shirt or is it someone else that does it? Um, My wife and I, and then her family friend makes t-shirts and that's who we use. So he'll go over and give us mockups. So you have the t-shirts and you have these 10 folks. 
And then you decide on the date. And when do you start advertising on the date? Usually it is the 1st of January. So 1st of January, so everyone waits. 1st of January, when is this big date going to be, right? So then you have the date. And then how far ahead of time do you actually start promoting it? Mm, Probably about a month. So a month before. And do you use this uh, Facebook page, Find the Spine, during outside of this competitive time? So it's it's almost like it's hibernating. Yes. So everyone knows it's hibernating. Yes. And then, boom, January 1st comes along, and you know when the date's going to be. And then you start advertising a month before about how all this is going to happen. And you just get people really, really excited. Mm -hmm. And then you have the kickoff date. We have a kickoff dinner the day before. The day before, do you have like a rally or something like that? Or? This year was going to be epic and awesome, and I'm bummed it couldn't happen. Uh, we had rented out the Canab City Center. Oh, wow. And we had, I think, like $10,000 in freebies. We were going to raffle off a Trigger grill. We had Fitbits. We had water bladders, oh, wow. backpacks, I think hiking boots. And we had thousands, and then just cash. Wow. And you could go in there, and if you bought your shirt, then you got a raffle ticket. If not, then it's just free food. And we always, we did that the first year as well, kickoff event, just to get people excited about it, get them talking about it, always free food. I think it's important that if you want to market, you have to really go over the top. And that's where my wife takes over. I'm a lot more quiet with how I go about my business and she does it right. And she wants the colors, she wants the music, she wants the microphone, she wants in your face. Uh, but that's what it takes and people freaking love it. But because they're getting stuff for nothing by just showing up. Wow. So you are you have a kickoff and that just gets bigger and bigger every single year, which every is fabulous. Yeah. And it gets people excited and you're getting people to donate. And you're getting all this money in. And then you start start out the scavenger hunt. So when do you put the clues up? Do you have a specific day in the morning or, or is it sporadic? Uh, no, we try to keep it. Um, we're a little more uh, sporadic this year because... In Canab, we have a lot of people that work uh, night shifts and day shifts. And before, we'd always done 8 a.m. every morning, you get a clue. But some people didn't like that because of the swing shifts. Right. So now we've kind of switched it out where it could be uh, first thing in the morning or it could be like 3 in the afternoon when kids get out of school. Because oh, the first perfect. year, I was getting a lot of complaints from the school and from employers. Complaints from the school? Kids were ditching school. Oh, really? Home. And I said, <laughs> I'm not condoning this behavior, which is happening. Like, I'm sorry. So we thought, well, if we put the clues out after they get out of school, that'll keep kids in school longer. Um, oh, that's why. don't want that. So there's been a few trial and error things. But everything is feedback. We always make it a big point to say this is Canab's event. This is the community event. So you tell us what you want. People ask you, said, more waters or more snacks on the trail will be better. So we did a lot more waters and a lot more snacks. Like, really, it is. Uh, I really think it's important when you're advertising to put out the vibe that this is for you, not for me. Mm-hmm. Even though it's marketing for you, if I'm not giving what they want, then what's the point of it? So everything is, we've been over backwards to keep the sponsors happy, make sure that they're, that they're getting the most benefit they can out of it, and keep the town happy. If they, What do they want? And I think people obviously save more money, but this year we gave away $10,000 between the 10 femurs and the sign. That's $10,000. And we had 10 sponsors and it was $10,000 because the $1,500, $500 of that goes to the femur. But then when we wrap off all these prizes that cost a lot of money, plus the shirts, like like you barely break even. If everything sells out, you break even. Yeah, but you break even. But what a great way to advertise your services. Oh, yeah. 
So it's not like you're investing, but you're investing where you're not really losing. So like the first year, it was almost like an advertising cost, right? Yeah. Now you're, you're, you have created such a community event around it that so many people are profiting from it. Yeah. That you're profiting from it, but you're getting so many other people. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, winning money. Worst case scenario, I just have a marketing expense. Worst case scenario. Best case scenario, I marketed myself really well and I lost nothing. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the upside to it. So, I guess coming to a close, and if you look at it, talk about your Facebook page because you said, like, you have people from all over the world following it. You have people from all over the U.S., some people actually traveling here to be part of Find the Spine. How is that traffic? And tell us a little bit about that. The Instagram and the Facebook, I don't know, over, I mean, so over a thousand. I don't wow. have any idea. Wow. At least you have people that are, I think, fascinated and interested by it. Um, and most people come from like Page or St. George. A lot of times we start seeing a lot more of our shirts in St. George when we go to St. George. Wow. So we know that's happening, which is exciting. But I don't know. That's kind of where I have a hard time with it. I feel like I should push my brand more during Find the Spine, but I, I just, I don't. Grow chiropractic on the shirts, but I don't really dive into separate interviews of just me talking about what I do in my office. I don't Um, think you have to. And I don't think I do either. I think it comes off as like uh, sleazy, just like like cheap, like like don't ruin the moment. Like you're getting enough attention from it as it is. So I really try never to push my brand more than just like a passive aggressive T-shirt that says Grow Chiropractic. You know, I I don't take other I don't do their like interviews or go on live. And talk about it because I don't think it's necessary. And it takes away from the event. And I I like that the focus is the event. As an advice for someone that wants to do the scavenger hunt, could you give us three points that you would want them to think about? Be loud. Be loud. If you're going to invest that kind of money, get the most out of it. And so shamelessly promote it with free avenues. Facebook and Instagram are free avenues. And I don't think people really use them as much as they should and try to like push those. So just be loud with it and don't be bashful and go into it with a sink or swim mentality. The first year I was like to the verge of vomiting before it started. I thought I was just going to lose tons of money and no one would want to do it, which I don't know why they wouldn't because it's money for hiking. But I just was terrified I was going to lose a ton of money on it. So just fully commit to it. And the third one, I'd say be genuine. I love going out and meeting people on the trails and because we're making the clues we kind of have a general idea of what people are going to be and so i genuinely love talking to them and i always pack more freebies in my bag and i'm shaking hands i'm talking to people i am grateful that they are willing to take the time out of their day and whatever they had to do to, to play the game and to have fun but to give their kids an experience and to have a family avenue but i genuinely appreciate it and i think people pick up on that that like we're grateful that they want to do it because they could be doing so many other things and being lazy at home or whatever. But instead, they're choosing to, to do that. And I genuinely appreciate it. So I try to go out of my way to, to show that gratitude and appreciation to them. And I think they feel that. I think so, too. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I think uh, I think what you've done has been uh, an amazing feat. Yes. And uh, I just really want to say thank you for your time. I um, think you're inspiring several people because it doesn't mean that you have to just do an advertising that costs money. And I think you, when you look at your bottom line of your business, don't you think that this has helped you with getting clients and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Some people say, are you the fun spine guy? I say, well, chiropractor, but but I guess I'm the fun spine guy. (laughs) You put on your business card. I'm the find the spine guy. 
And I think even uh, Iron Horse Girls, so they're going to name some wings after me because I love eating their wings. But uh, their kids won it this year. And uh, the oh. Cornells, they're a uh, freshman, and I think she's a... Uh, yeah, I saw the photo of the kids. I'm like, yeah, darn, it's the kids it that win it. it. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. That's the second time I've had kids win it. Kids are smarter than the grown-ups. They just got more energy. Climb those hills, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so it's awesome. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I want to say thank you so much for your time, Mark. This has been really great and inspiring for all of us that finding something fun with your brand. Yeah. I think that's what's really key. Yeah. You created a joy. I mean, most people don't go to a chiropractor because they're happy. They go to a chiropractor <laughs> because they're in pain. But I think you turned the pain into pleasure and to fun. Oh, thank you. I and I think, that's, so. uh, I think that's very great. So awesome. thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you happen to like this episode, please share it with your friends. And if you're new, please pop on over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. Leave us a review. We would love to hear from you and how we can improve to make this better or how this helped you. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode.